How about that for a response? We look at all the things that went right in Game 2 as the Wild even the series against the Blues at one game apiece, plus a couple of unsung heroes from the Game 2 victory today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Lockdown Wild is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we recap a 6-2 win in Game 2 for the Minnesota Wild, who did so by winning the special teams battle, getting better defensively, and by getting a superstar to have a very elite performance. We take a look at all of those elements, plus a couple of guys who massively impacted the game despite not necessarily putting one in the net. All that and more as they uh, wild even the series up at one game apiece. Gotta love it as uh, everything came up roses in game two. My name is Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wild, your veteran captain of the show, a veteran Minnesota sports content producer with well over a decade's worth of experience covering your favorite Minnesota sports teams through the ups, through the downs, through the playoffs, and now hosting Lockdown Wild. Happy to be with you here on a Thursday episode of the show and happy to be with you in general because Game 2 was a much better performance or the Wild against the Blues. 6-2 to two final. You probably heard it in our postcast immediately after the game, but uh, a lot of what happened in Game 2 rested on the fact that uh, Dean Evason, again, trusted this team to make adjustments and to uh, capitalize on opportunities without having to make any sort of major panic moves or changes, and he hit it pretty right on the head with uh, the goaltending spot in particular, saying after the game that uh, they didn't really feel like the goals were Marc-Andre Fleury's fault, and so stuck with Fleury, focused more on defense, on rebound control, and uh, clearing the puck out from in front of the net, and the crazy thing to me is you look at the Game 1 shot chart for the Wilds and the Game 2 shot chart for the Blues, it feels pretty similar. It seemed like the Blues spent a lot more of their time uh, from the perimeter of the zone trying trying to get shots down from there, which is a much easier shot to save as a goalie. And on the flip side... Chaos in front of Ville Husso for the Minnesota Wild, which led to several opportunities that were pushed past the Freddie Goudreau goal, uh, coming off of a rebound, able to uh, to get it past Husso. Um, just a lot more in close shot opportunities for the Wild, and so really no better way to even a series than beating a team 
at their own game and beating the Blues at what they did to take the first game of the series. Now, obviously, it was not really in the bag the whole game. I mean, you look at the scoring didn't start until about midway through the first period, and it was pretty back and forth at that point between these two teams uh, before the Wild were able to get a couple of goals and then a third goal to uh, take the 3-0 lead heading into period two, which they immediately were able to expand at the start of the second period. Blues got one back, and so at that point you're like, okay, they're the Flurry's probably not going to get a shutout. And then when it went to be when it got to four two, you're like, uh oh. And credit to Flurry for making a pretty darn good save when the Blues were attacking down four two. Because I I don't know what would have happened had the uh, the game gone to four three at that point. And it just, it felt like a situation in which the Wilds, the, the game was on the, the, a teetering point when it was 4-2 to two, and then that opportunity in which Flurry made the save uh, to keep it 4-2. It felt like there was a little bit of a chance that the Blues could actually do it, and I don't know what would have happened had the Blues tied the game, likely that they would have rode momentum to a win. But I think with how this series has gone head-to-head against these two teams, I think the Wild exercised some demons by winning game two by allowing the game to get to that point and then being able to close it out. I think... A huge sigh of relief. Obviously, you know, fans, me, everybody that covers this team, huge sigh of relief that the Wild were able to win that game by that 6-2 score and push that lead out to 5-2 and then 6-2 as opposed to let the Blues get back into it any further. It does mentally... It does wear on you when you have a team that has had the amount of success that the Blues have had against the Wild because we saw that in Game 1. Things weren't working for the Wilds, you know, despite all the chances that they had, and then the Blues scored a couple of goals, and it just it, it wears you down when you go up against a team and it seems like no matter what you're doing, they end up coming away with a win. And so getting a win here in game two, I think is huge just from a mental standpoint of, Hey, we beat these guys in game two. We're capable of it the rest of this series. And so now that can be put to back burner and the wild can focus on what they need to do in order to uh, come away with a win in game three and beyond, which is limiting bad penalties, trying to continue to keep the blues from being physical and enforcing the issue inside and um, continuing to just pepper the net themselves and, and exploit opportunities that Ville Husso is going to give you. And so huge win in game two, not only from the fact that it tied the series, 
but also just from the mental aspect of, okay, we got one on these guys. It's not going to be the way that it has been. And uh, I I think that's going to go a long way for this team in this series to show that they can, um, they can hang with them and they can win. Now, as we said, period two, period two is an adventure. So clean that up heading into game three, but the elephant in the room has been addressed. The wild got the win. And so now let's build off of it and try to make it another one. Try to pull one back in St. Louis in game three. So we'll uh, continue to dive into uh, what went right for the Minnesota Wild. We're going to talk next about a guy who absolutely flew under the radar but was just a fascinating watch throughout game two. We're talking Tyson Jost, and we'll look at his impact on this game when we come back here on Lockdown Wild. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because getting up in the morning and being quickly on the go didn't have enough time to set aside to get all the multivitamins and supplements ready to go. Wanted something easy that I could take with me as I'm running out the door to go to work. What is AG1, you're asking? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, everything you could possibly want. Plus, it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, Athletic Greens is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Plus, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. That's all you need. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The Lockdown Wild podcast is sponsored in part by Jake Danielson with First Class Mortgage. First Class Mortgage is your friendly local mortgage company in Maple Grove, Minnesota. If you're looking to purchase a new home, cabin, or investment property in Minnesota, Wisconsin, South Dakota, or Florida, give Jake a call today. Plus, if you're a homeowner, now is still a great time for a quick refinance review to see what options are available to help tap into your equity and fund those home improvement projects, consolidate debts, or put cash in your hands. First Class Mortgage is a local-owned family lender, And the best part about it is that Jake does the shopping for you to find competitive rates and programs for all of your home refinancing needs. With over 700 five-star reviews, Jake at First Class Mortgage will be sure to deliver first-class experience and service for any of your home purchase or refinance needs. Plus, Jake is a born and raised Minnesotan and a sports fan who would be honored to be your mortgage guy too. Contact Jake for a no-cost, no-obligation mortgage review at 763 416-6789 
or email jake at firstclasscorp.com. Again, call 763-416-6789. Plus, mention the Lockdown Wild podcast to receive a credit towards a free appraisal. Give 763-416-6789 a call today and go wild. Some restrictions do apply. First Class Mortgage's NMLS number is 322842, and Jake's NMLS is 202-5218. This is not an agreement to lock into an interest rate under Minnesota law. First Class Mortgage is an equal housing lender. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Reminder, we are free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Continuing to break down some of the things that led to the Minnesota Wild being able to even their series against the St. Louis Blues at one game apiece. We got to talk about Tyson Jost. And you wouldn't think heading into this series that Tyson Jost is one of the elder statesmen on this team in terms of playoff experience. And, you know, you look... He was with the Colorado Avalanche. They go to the playoffs almost every season. And it just, I think, shows you that no matter who you are, if you have experience at the playoff level, you know that it requires a different level of performance to get wins in playoff games. And you've got Marc-Andre Fleury, who is as decorated of a postseason goalie as has ever existed and you've just you see those guys step up in key moments and uh, and make some big plays now it didn't lead to any goals or anything for Tyson Jost but just battling for every single puck and there was a moment I believe in the third period where Jost went in and took the puck away from two Blues players to allow the Wild to make uh, a couple of line changes on the ice. Desperately needed at that point because the Blues were starting to get some some real possession, uh, possession time extended. And so Jost goes in and he battles for the puck and he holds it long enough by himself in the Blues zone to allow the Wild to get fresh skaters on the ice. It's not something you'd ever see in the box score, but it's just things that show that a player like Tyson Jost understands the situation and is ready to uh, to step in and do whatever it takes to help this team win playoff games. And there were countless other examples throughout the course of the game, and you know, winning faceoffs for the Wilds on that fourth line. It's going to be way more difficult on the road because of the fact that the Blues get the final change at home. It's going to be infinitely more difficult for the Wild to truly pick that Thomas line versus the Grief line. The Blues are going to be able to combat that. And so for the other lines that are on the ice, while that Thomas line is out there, it's going to be on them to kind of do the extra to try to make sure that those guys don't take over the game. And you look at Tyson Jost, since he has been a member of this Minnesota Wild team, 
And he just, he exemplifies that. And I, I said it against the Avalanche, the final game of the regular season. He just is a fun guy to watch play if you're at a game live because he just, he never stops fighting for pucks, fighting for possession. He just, he battles constantly. And I don't think it's a coincidence that when the Wild had players out, when they were missing players on the grief line, when Matt Zuccarello was injured, who's the guy that steps in and is able to play on all of those lines? Tyson Jost. It's no coincidence that because of how he is how he is wired as a hockey player, that his style fits a lot of what the Wild are trying to do on each line that they throw at you. So that is a good opportunity, and I'm sure they have, but I hope they have. It's a good learning opportunity for his line mates in particular. Brandon Duhame, not as worried as much about Nick Delorier, but it seems like Duhame has had some performances where you look at the end of the game and you're like, oh, boy, we're, uh, we're kind of lucky that that penalty didn't hurt us. Or, uh, or things along that line. And by and large, that was the reason that Duhame was um, made the roster is because he's a guy that battles and just everything that he's got, he's going to leave out on the ice. But he can probably take it to another level, much as Tyson Jost has done. And the best way to kind of show what is required to win playoff games is to lead by example. And so you have Jost doing that, just doing all the the gritty things that don't show up, but that are important to win you games. And so he's probably going to have additional responsibilities in game three with the fact that the Blues are going to be able to pick on face-offs who matches up against who. So... It's going to be tough, but I think Jost is certainly up to the task. So, hoping that uh, that he continues to have impressive playoff performances because if he continues to play this way, then you get excited about what he could bring to the team beyond this season. So, it was it was fun to watch him do his thing and uh, hopefully that translates for this wild team. Um, into Game 3. Now, another guy who stepped up his performance but got all the headlines, and rightfully so, is uh, Kirill Kaprizov, arguably his best postseason performance in his short playoff career. We'll talk about Kirill taking ownership of this game to give the Wild the advantage and tie the series up when we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball season in full swing, and the Stanley Cup playoffs, as well as this weekend's Run to the Roses with the Kentucky Derby back in the limelight. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more, 
You can find a ton of different odds for Stanley Cup playoffs from who is going to represent each conference to who has the best chance to raise the Stanley Cup trophy. All of that and more at betonline.net. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find all of that and more at BetOnline where the game starts. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure to head over to Locked on Sports Minnesota to check out the Ron Johnson Show. The former gopher and NFL wide receiver is the definitive voice of Minnesota sports. So check out Ron's show with some uh, huge opinions and big guests. Lockdown, uh, Lockdown Sports Minnesota is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Kirill Kaprizov's hat trick, the first in Minnesota Wild playoff history, by the way, leads to another interesting development from Game 2 in that you love to see your star players rise to the occasion in the biggest moments. And a frustrating game for Kirill in game one uh, as the Blues were able to hold the entire wild offense quiet. And I think some frustration that carried over from last year's playoffs against the Vegas Golden Knights in which that line was, by and large, quieted throughout the course of that series. And you look at what the Blues were doing to Kirill through the first game and 10 minutes of game two is making it difficult for him to even enter the zone cleanly uh, as he so often does and get a full head of steam and charge towards the net to, um, to get those opportunities that he has scored on all season. Blues just wanted to try to com- take him out of the play completely. And it's it's a learning situation for a young player in the league as to how teams are going to play you in postseason games. The Blues certainly have no shortage of playoff experience. And so I think what we saw, and we keyed in on this even before the series started, the Blues really hadn't shown the ability to consistently hold Kaprizov quiet. That even though in game one they were able to kind of keep the Wilds off balance, that things were going to even out. That Krill was going to start winning some of those battles. And he did. He... Uh, much like the rest of the team, just way more intent on um, continuing to pepper the net, which led to the goals, which led to, I think, the confidence going forward that Ville Husso is not going to have, is not Jake Allen 2.0. I don't, I don't think anybody comes away from game two thinking that. Maybe he did in game one, but you look at some of the stuff that even happened in game one with just unlucky shots hitting the post uh, and things along that nature. But it has been something that you look at all the teams that were first-round exits 
and they had a t- they had more than a few good players on those teams. But it always felt like they were just lacking somebody to kind of take the reins and say, I will be the one to get us to where we need to go. And so fun to see Kaprizov have that moment in last night's game and just showcase some of his talent on the biggest stage for a postseason audience. And I think much like I think confidence for this team now that they have shown the capability to beat the Blues in a game, now that Kaprizov has some confidence that he can beat this Blues team, I think that will translate through the rest of the series as well. And it just, players follow the lead of the ones that are supposed to kind of show them the way. And... We just we saw collectively more of a sense of ability to get it done from the whole team. And so all of this in regards to whether or not it's like a flash in the pan, just kind of getting up off the mat to grab one game before the Blues go right back to what they were doing. I think a lot of what we saw in game two can translates into the rest of the series. Winning on special teams, keeping the Blues quiet on special teams. It all comes down to everybody out there on the ice and whether or not they can get it done. And I get the sense after game two, all that confidence that has been gained by winning that game. I get the sense that that confidence will continue here over the uh, the course of the rest of this series. So we'll uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, tomorrow we'll take a look at some of the big keys, including some injuries on the Blues front. Uh, we'll take a look at some of the big keys for Game Three, which is in St. Louis tomorrow night. On tomorrow's episode of Locked On Wild, so. Now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you head over to the Locked On NHL podcast to get a full recap of all of the playoff games from last night as well as what's on tap for this evening. No better time than Stanley Cup playoffs, so make sure you're following along with the Locked On NHL podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Locked On Wild is also free and available on every podcast platform. Make sure to follow us on YouTube and social media as well to stay up to date on everything going on with the Minnesota Wild through the Stanley Cup playoffs, through this series, all the way through the offseason as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got new episodes coming your way every Monday through Friday here on Locked On Wild.